welcome to a new episode of Randomly Typed. Oh, hi, Jess. I didn't see you there. <laughs> I was here all along. Oh, wow. Okay, okay. I don't know if I trust that, but we'll see. <laughs> so, Lance, what's the subject today? Today is going to be a bit of a hard topic to cover in an audio format. So, listener, please try to visualize this. I'm going to try to make it as, like, concrete as possible, but this is about an algorithm. Oh, sweet. So earlier I asked you, should I read the show notes? And you told me, yeah, no, just don't, please. Uh, I figured that I would just ask you questions on the spot. Okay. And then you would try to figure it out on the spot and we'll see how that goes. All right. And if it doesn't go well? well I have confidence that it will go well. All right. All right. So today we will be talking about, I guess an al- it is an algorithm called prefix scans or prefix sums, but scans. Have you ever, you've done a bit of Haskell, right? Yes. Have you ever come across scan as a function? I remember the name, but okay. I couldn't tell you what's the use. Right. So so I'll do like a high level input output, like input to this function is an array of, let's say integers. I mean, it could be other things, but... Can it be you, anything? So it could be anything with a binary operation that can be done on it. What type of binary? Like is a greater... Like addition. Okay, or subtraction, okay, okay. or something like that. But uh, almost all the time, you'll see it for sums. Okay. So like I, they call it prefix sums too. But a scan is um, at least in functional programming, it's like a fold, but you keep the trace of the way you fold it along the way. Is it just like a map? No, in that like every every like accumulate or accumulator. Like every result you get along the way, you just insert into your array. And then you return the entire array at the end, not just the final result. Oh, right, right. So it's the mix of map and, and, and fold. fold. Something like that, right? Um, but, okay, so if, if you didn't know those terms, don't worry about it. All it is is a function which accepts an array of integers and outputs an array of integers as well. And the output represents... Um, like the partial, su- like the sum of the elements preceding, like along the way. Right, I remember that. Um, so I'm going to use this concrete example throughout the entire episode. Let's say our input array is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. Okay. It doesn't have to be sorted. Normally, this can be applied to any array of integers, sorted or unsorted, but like we'll keep it at that because it's kind of easy to, to visualize. Okay. So what I mean by partial sum along the way is that, so what you would do is like take the first one, that's a one, and you don't have a sum yet because you don't have any other integers to add to. But your next element in the array is two. So what you would do is you take the preceding element, which is one, and sum it with the next. So, so three. That, so three would be the next in that sequence. The next in the input sequence would be three. Uh, so your prefix scan third element would be your previous sum, so 3, plus 3, the so, new element. So, so far, your result is 1, 3, 6. Yes. And if you kept going, it would be like 6 plus 4, which is the fourth element, is 10. 10 plus 5 is 15. And then 15 plus 6 is 21. Okay. So the output would be 1, 3, 6, 10, 15, 21. So that's for an inclusive prefix scan. What that means is that we start at the first element. Like we assume that the first element is our leftmost 
operand mm -hmm. for the operation that we're performing. But why don't we start with the first tuple with one and two? Um, I mean, I guess you could. That would be like just shifting it, yeah. right? So exclusive is shifting it in the opposite direction, where we oh. assume that your first value is nothing, zero. So, oh. in, so inclusive is like starting from the first. Like your first element mm -hmm. in your input array is your leftmost operand. And uh, the exclusive prefix, prefix scan assumes that your leftmost operand is zero. So it's the identity value for your operator. Yes, exactly. So if it was multiplication, it would be one. Yes, okay. precisely. Okay. Um, so exclusive would be the same as inclusive, but shifted. So in this example, it would be to start from zero. Then you add one, which so one, and then you add two, so three. In the end, it comes zero, one, three, six, ten, fifteen. So same result plus zero at the beginning. Exactly. Just shift it. Okay. So, JS. <laughs> I'm ready. If you had to describe this in pseudocode in an audio format, how would you? Well, I mean, you kind of went through the algorithm, but like right. more specifically, how would you accomplish this? Like, if you had to write out pseudocode. If I were using some imperative language, I would do a for loop. So I would take the value at i minus one and add it with i. So no, i minus one from the results and i from the input. Yes. And this would be my i of the results. Yes. So yeah, that's exactly it, actually. Um, good job. Thank you, thank you. So that seems pretty straightforward, right? All right. What if we had to do this for a bajillion integers? I would do the same thing. Do you think this is parallelizable, maybe? No. Why? Because <laughs> you need the value of i minus 1 to get i. Right. You always need the preceding value, yeah. right? I was a bit shocked at first, too, because I learned that this is like an embarrassingly parallel problem, believe it or not. Okay. I know, right? I was like, this, this makes no sense. You need to know all the previous values to get to the next value. Oh, is it you add offsets? Yes, that's oh. exactly it. Um, Sweet. So there are a bunch of different uh, algorithms, parallel algorithms for this. Um, there's some that are better suited for like a single host, so you can use shared memory for threads mm -hmm. to interact. There's like message passing for distributed systems. There's some that work on GPUs. There's some that use like geometry to insane Wait, things. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They like represent every chunk as some geometrical shape or something and then perform operations on that in parallel. It's ridiculous. Yo, this is madness. <laughs> right. But that's what I think. It doesn't, intuitively, it doesn't sound like a mm, very right. parallel problem, but apparently it is. So today, we're going to go through one such parallel algorithm for this. Nice. As an aside, I would like to have a few more episodes, podcast episodes in the future about like parallelization, uh, primitives, just concurrency in general, all the asyncs, all the channels and coroutines and coroutines and all of these different things. That would be interesting. Yeah, because it can get really hairy and really complicated. And so uh, that would be a separate episode. So if there's, I'll, for now, I'll just stick to like threads and you can think of threads as like a parallel processing unit, right. if you're unfamiliar with it, listener. So how do you want to guess at how this would work? Okay. Okay. So I feel like 
let's say you have an array of 100 element to do the scan on it. Yep. And you had two threads. So you would start one from the beginning and one, let's say, from half. Yep. And you would both would do their thing, but the, like, the one that starts at 50 would just use a value of plus zero at the beginning, would do it, and at the end would add the last value of the first thread to every element. Yes, so that's, that's the, so this, this algorithm requires a bit of coordination because right. it's kind of like two phase in that you have to do the first sum. sum, get the final value of each chunk, and then have a coordinator like be like, okay, now I know all the final values, go back and recalculate your sum based off the offset. So here with two threads, I feel like it's not faster because would, you would need to access exactly the same number. One of the threads would need to access the same number yep. as if it was not threaded. Yes, you're right. So this is not good. Right. Well, the, the thing is that it depends on how many threads you have, right? Because oh, the, the, right. the coordination like, is much less time consuming. It's just like once aggregate the result of your initial pass and then let the other threads like, consume that shared memory okay. of the result. Um, so we'll go through a concrete example with one, two, three, four, five, six for three separate threads. Okay. So yeah, first what you do is you could like statically assign like one, two to one thread, three, four to thread number two, five, six to thread number three. So as you mentioned earlier, you could have each thread do an inclusive prefix scan. So start with the first one and then start scanning um, as if those were the only elements in your array, mm -hmm. sort of. So after that, it would look like the first thread would have one, two as its input, and so its output would be one, three. Right. The second thread would have three, four as its input, so its output would be three and seven. Mm -hmm. Third thread would have five, six as its input, so output would be five, 11. Right. So now, um, once this is done, like our coordinator thread can block until all of these are complete. Once that's complete, we can figure out the like highest value, the sum for all of those. And then it's technically doing an exclusive scan, but basically we're just calculating the offset that we would need. Uh, exclusive because we start at zero and your first thread doesn't need an offset. Because it's already started at the beginning. Yeah, already started at the beginning. So right. in this case, uh, our like results, like the sums of all of the threads for the first pass it's like three, seven, and 11. Mm -hmm. Doing an exclusive scan on that would give you zero, mm -hmm. uh, three, and then seven, uh, uh, 10, ten, sorry. Yeah. So now all you have to do is do another pass of this, like you just like go over the scan you originally did and just apply this offset. So first one has an offset of zero, so it stays one, three. Uh, the second one had three seven originally, and now you're trying to pass an offset of three to it. Yes, that's right, because we had zero three seven as the offsets. Right. Um, the second thread had three seven originally, so you plus three that makes six, six ten. ten. And then the last one had five eleven originally, and you need to ha you have an offset of ten, so it makes it fifteen twenty one. Right. So you have the right. Numbers. Yep. So yeah, it's the same as it was before. So one, three, six, ten, fifteen, twenty-one. 
I have a hard time believing it's faster. Why? Because you seem to do a lot of things to like reapply your offset afterward um, and calculate the offsets. Well, you should be able to divide this into n separate steps. So you could divide this, like if you had n processing units, mm -hmm. let's say. Uh, let's say you had 100 processing units. Right. You could divide your time into like n being the length of your array, divide it by the number of processing units you have. So that's like 100, let's say. And then 2, because you have to do two passes, right? plus some constant for the small coordination you need. Oh. So as long as your number of processes is able to like... Is, is bigger, bigger than, than two. two or three, right? Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So in that way, the more threads, like the bigger data set and the more individual processing units you have, the more this can be parallelized. Nice. Yeah. So last thing, before we go, let's say instead of having a giant array as your input, you got a stream of values. Okay. So you can't... Okay, what, so can you go back and forth or you only have one item at any given time? Only, it's an asynchronous stream of integers. Okay. And those define the order that okay. your input array is. Okay. Do you think our current explorations are well suited for this kind of limitation? Well, I don't think parallelization is useful here because you can't, well, it depends. If the calculation is slower, then the yeah. stream parallelization is yeah. useful. And, mm. and also, I would say, like, maybe this wasn't well posed of a question, but what I was trying to hint at is that, um, let's say you have an array of just the input integers, so just the numbers that mm -hmm. need summing. Doing the sum is, like, n, takes n time if you're right. not doing parallelization. Mm -hmm. If you had just the prefix sum and you wanted to get the original integers back, that's an n operation. Okay, like n the inverse operation. of yes. the scan. So whichever one you have to transform it, it would take n. Okay. Um, there's this cool data structure I just learned about by researching this for this episode <laughs> called the Fenwick tree. Whoa. So uh, I'm not going to go into it because this one's a little bit too hard to describe the tree in, in an audio format, but. TLDR is, instead of having a constant time for insertion and N for calculating the next one, mm -hmm. let's say, it's log in both ways. Oh, shit. Okay. So, like, inserting takes log in time, and calculating the prefix sum for the next value takes log in time. So, if you're constantly, like, in need of dynamically adding values to your thing and obtaining the result, right. then... Fenwick is a nice way. Okay, so in the case of your uh, stream, this would be yeah. a nice data structure. Uh, yeah, and I guess like it would even work if it's not ordered? Question mark. I'd have to look at that. But okay. yeah. But why is the sum the scan is f faster? So you said the insert is faster. The insert uh, well depends what you start with. If you start with your input array of numbers, or you start with the sum. Oh, okay, so you would put this array in this tree and you would calculate the result on it afterward. Yeah, well, it just makes both insertion and finding the result. It like balances that, okay. and that both operations are login. Okay, I see. As opposed to one being constant and the other one being n, I guess. Right. Right. So yeah, that's nice. all we had today. 
That was a simple episode. Well, yeah, simple. well, simple. <laughs> okay, <Yeah. laughs> let me rephrase that. That was a quick episode. Yeah, it was shorter than usual. But that's all, like, the, it was just a... I found this one interesting because yeah. it's... Intuitively, I did not think that this would be parallelizable. Another one that I did not think would be parallelizable that I learned somewhat recently is bubble sort. <laughs> so we might do that in another episode, oh, like another short. That's a funny one. Yeah, bubble sort sounds like it's not super parallelizable either, right? Right. Uh, let's talk about that in a different episode. All right, nice. So is it done for the everything? Done for today. Awesome. So I wanted to say this is our 10th episode. So Ooh. congrats, Lance. Congrats, JS. We survived. We've, we've done it. And I have to tell you something. We have been lying to you for the last 10 episodes. So we were saying, go on our website to send us email and things. And we didn't have any website. So now it's fixed. Now we have a real website, so we're not lying anymore. So oh, if you want to send us an email, something, information. We still may or may not look at it. I'm joking. We will definitely look at it. Please send us email. Yeah. So now we can go at randomlytype.com. All right. Awesome. Until next time. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks, Lance. Cheers. Bye. You can contact us and find show notes on our website, randomlytyped.com. The intro music is by Vansky. Thank you, Vansky. And thank you, listener, for indulging us.